0: Please turn with me to Exodus chapter 25. Well, actually, we'll wait on Exodus. Turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The word comprehended means could not uh, thwart it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Keep your finger on verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Will you keep your finger there? And I'd like to read... If you would look at Exodus 25, Exodus 25, verses 8 and 9, 25, 8 and 9. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. And so, keep your finger on Exodus 25, 8 and 9 and John 1.14. Now, how does Jesus' word becoming flesh and dwelling among us have to do with let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them? according to the pattern that I showed thee in the mountain, the pattern of the tabernacle. We continue our thoughts in the life of Moses. And when you think of Moses, we think of several things that have already been considered. Remember, his name was given because he was drawn out of the water. Moses means drawn out. Remember, he was given the name when he was taken by Pharaoh's daughter out of the Nile River. He was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, but he refused, we're told, in Hebrews chapter 12 to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Not that he was unappreciative of his upbringing, but he knew that the Egyptians were idolatrous and he knew he was... uh, a Hebrew and he certainly had learned the uh, history of the Hebrews and he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God and to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season so we see Moses seeking to defend his brethren and then uh, had to flee into the wilderness and for 40 years was a, was a, uh, a shepherd out there and We know that around 80 years old, uh, he was visited by the Lord at a burning bush. He saw that the bush burned and was not consumed. And then we know from the plagues in Egypt and the exodus out of Egypt, the wonderful power of God displayed. And we looked at Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments, the Golden Calf episode, the shining face of Moses. But we can't just pass by the Tabernacle. It's not an easy concept. Remember the Tabernacle in the wilderness. It was a it was a large tent. The word Tabernacle has the idea of a tent and. The people of Israel were living in tents. For 40 years they pitched tents. Whenever the Lord told them to leave, they had to, they had to take their tents down and carry them with them and pitch again. Sometimes it may have been a day that they pitched their tent and they were told the next day that they had to leave. Sometimes months at a time. But some of us know what it's like to live in a tent it's, uh, it's uh, attractive to some and it's not a very attractive to others. Um, our family was never really a camping family. but We have some memories of very uh, serious downpours that didn't make the camping experience very pleasant. And I'm all thumbs and it's not easy for me to pitch a tent. But the Lord was... Indicating that he was willing to go with them in a tent, like they were commanded to live in tents. God had them, gave the pattern of a tent, a large tent, to Moses in the wilderness, and that tent was to picture God's presence in the midst of his people. What condescension of the Lord! He lives in heaven, and yet he had Moses pitch a tent, and the tent and the furniture. Priesthood and the offerings which are extensively mentioned in Exodus and the offerings in Leviticus are all to picture God's presence among His people. But in particular, they are to picture the Lord Jesus Christ. The tent, the priesthood, the furniture, the offerings, all relate to the Lord Jesus Christ. And may I say that that one verse in John chapter 1 gives us an indication of the relation between the tabernacle, priesthood, and offerings and Jesus. Verse 14 again, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word dwelt literally is and tabernacled among us. So John is indicating he's pointing us back to the tabernacle in the wilderness. And he's saying Jesus is the fulfillment of the pictures of the tabernacle, the priesthood, and the offerings way back in the wilderness of the Hebrews. These were pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, chapter 25 and verse 8, then let us and let them make Me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And so it was not only called a tent, but a, a holy place, a sanctuary. Again, it was a picture. God cannot be contained. Solomon said, even the heaven of heavens cannot contain God. The Lord tells us in Isaiah 57, He's the high and the lofty One that inhabits eternity. Even eternity cannot How's God and yet he says he inhabits he dwells in eternity and in the high and the holy place but with him also that is of a humble and contrite heart that God condescends to sinners so the tent in the middle of all the tents of Israel was a picture of the Lord dwelling among his people and when Jesus came down to earth he dwelt in the midst of his people he was the fulfillment of the tent, the tabernacle in the wilderness. God dwelling among His people. God came down to dwell among us. And all the furniture points to Jesus. And, and it, it's, very, it, it's, a, it's a very comprehensive and, and difficult thing to preach through the tabernacle and its furniture and the priesthood and the offerings. But we couldn't bypass many of those passages, thinking of the life of Moses. And perhaps we'll touch upon uh, some of the furniture, but you'll have to you'll have to uh, get online and, and buy some some very helpful books if you want a comprehensive uh, idea of the uh, teaching of the tabernacle and the priesthood. But just three thoughts from verse. 14 of John 1 about Jesus being the tabernacle of God among His people. It says, and the Word became flesh. That's the incarnation of God. The incarnation of God. That is God taking flesh. And the Word became flesh. Secondly, and dwelt among us. John wants us to think about the tabernacle when He says dwelt among us. The word is tabernacle, tented among us. Not that Jesus took a temporary body. Some people will say, well, His his body was only borrowed, like we would borrow um, a tool or we would borrow a, uh, a vehicle. No, the, the idea of it being a tent and that it was... Real flesh. It was, it was something that Jesus uh, possessed in the midst of his people, like a tent in the wilderness. So Jesus, it speaks of his incarnation, his being tabernacled among us. Speaks of his salvation. In other words, that tent was not just merely on display. It was not a museum. Jesus was not merely to be seen from a distance. He came down among His people. Why? To save them. God had to become man to save His people. And the third thought is, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. His adoration. The adoration of God. So we have the incarnation of God, the salvation of God, and the adoration of God those three simple thoughts today. The Bible says, and the Word became flesh. Isn't it an interesting, a a, a strange statement? John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. He doesn't say, uh, in the beginning was was Jesus, the Son of God, and the Son of God was face to face with God. And the Son of God became flesh. Now, that's true, but he doesn't say the Son of God became flesh. He says the Word became flesh. John's using a, a term that people even in his day used of, of uh, the idea of reason. Word, uh, the the, the uh, vocabulary word, word, a word speaks of an idea. It speaks of reasoning. But Philo and some of those philosophers back then were just, they never saw the, they never see the, 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 the word word as personality, as a person. They saw it as an idea of reason, of, of thought. In other words, reason and thought magnified. The uh, ideal reason, ideal thought. But John says, Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is God's message to man. That's the idea. The word word means what you convey. It means an idea that is conveyed in thought and word. And John is saying that Jesus is the living Word. He's God's message to man. He's the living Word of God. And John is saying that the Word was with God and the Word was God. It's, it's a, again, it's a difficult concept, but John is saying that Jesus Christ is God's only Word to man. Now, he, he, he had prophecies in the Old Testament and he has his written Word for us, but he's saying Jesus is the living out of God's written Word. He's God's sermon to man, in other words. If you ask, what does God want people to know today? He wants them to know Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ conveys all that God wants us to know about salvation and eternal life. And we should never lose the astonishment of the fact that the Word became flesh. Jesus is... God's Son that became a man. He became a man. And remember Exodus Exodus 29 says and I will dwell among the children of Israel and be their God. Jesus is the fulfillment of that text. Jesus is God dwelling among the children of Israel and being their God. Jesus is the one who dwells among us and He is Our God. You know that word Shekinah glory that we've heard about. The word Shekinah comes from the Hebrew word, which means to dwell. God dwelling in His among His people, and Jesus is the living representation of God's Shekinah glory. The glory of God. Jesus is God's radiance, not His reflection. Jesus is God's revealer of God's will to man. And the Word became flesh. Jesus is the one that fulfills the tabernacle. The word tent, remember Peter said in the Mount of Transfiguration, make us three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Make three tents. Revelation tells us that the tabernacle of God is with men. Revelation 21.3 Remember the Feast of Tabernacles that the Jews had to remember their time in the wilderness. I'm sure it was fun for children, and I don't know how fun it was for adults, but once a year for a whole week, they had to live in booths or tents or tabernacles. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles. Everywhere around Jerusalem, inside and outside Jerusalem, there were makeshift homes. Whether the tents were made of leather or branches or clothes, we're not sure, but they all made booths. And I'm sure, it was a fun time, but it helped them to understand can you imagine living in a tent for 40 years? To remind them of God's power and taking care of their needs in the wilderness. But, they shouldn't have had to be in the wilderness 40 years. If they had believed that God was going to give them the land of Canaan, they could have been only in the living in tents for a matter of months before they conquered the land. It was not only a reminder of God's power and provision, giving them manna for all those years. It was a reminder of their sin and their forsaking of God and their unbelief. But God still dwelt among them. And Jesus is the one who has come to dwell among his people. Jesus took a tabernacle. He took a body and soul. And the tabernacle that pictured God pictured God's presence among his people. And here is God becoming man, or we we sing Emmanuel at christmas time god with us a child has been born and its son has been given speaking of his humanity a child being born and his deity a son being given for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son what a miracle what a miracle and you know we we preach on the incarnation so often at this season in december that we don't we don't appreciate it, and we sometimes lose the wonder of it all. God of the universe, who's invisible, whose spirit, who's all powerful, all knowing, present everywhere, took a body and a soul. They watched. They watched God walking on the street. People, Joseph and Mary, held. God manifest in the flesh in their arms when he was a little one. They fed God who became man. People watched him. The day's gonna come. He didn't shed his tent. The Bible says that, that he, continu- he he was and continueth to continueth to be both God and man forever forever. One person, two natures, forever and ever. I think it's just going to be just amazing and astonishing to be sitting in the new heavens and the new earth and watching God in the flesh. There was nothing, the Bible says, that that would have told us there was no halo over his head there was nothing per se that would tell us that he was God but the day is going to come we're going to see him in his glory we're going to see him in his glory you know there's a debate in whether Revelation 1 is is his deity shining countenance shining as the sun the uh, eyes is a flame of fire the, the voice is the sound of many waters if that's deity shining or if that's the glory of his humanity I think it's the glory of his humanity again when we see Jesus we're going to see a human being but there's going to be something about him to tell us the aura of Christ if Moses face shone, and it was reflection what shall be the face of the Lord Jesus Christ who is the radiance of God's Word became flesh. That is the incarnation of God. The the taking of flesh by God. It's it's unbelievable the, the, the condescension. And I use this illustration often but it helps me to understand what humbling it took for God to become man. That if you saw me in union with a beetle or an ant or a butterfly that I took into union with my human nature a, a, a creatures a, that would be a, a, a creature, we'd both be creatures, he's the creator and he took a creature's nature in union with this he added the nature of man to his already being God, that having the nature of God and a body, not just the nature but a body of man I know it would look strange because you can't see God but you can see man in Jesus but to know that I had in union with my human body the body and the nature of a little creature would be astonishing why would I do that and in Jesus' case He did it to save us from our sin would you do that to save an ant colony from drowning? Would you do that to save a, a mere a, a, a creature, a lowly creature, and take into union forever that nature and that body into union with yourself? Does that help us a little bit understand the condescension of God? And no wonder the psalmist said, What is man that thou takest knowledge of him? And now we can say, Lord, you not only took knowledge of us, you became us. It says the word became flesh. The word became does not mean something temporary. It's it's used of the water becoming wine in chapter 2. There was a change of substance. There was a new substance that came into being. It's not that Jesus changed from God to man. It's saying he actually took a literal nature of man into union with himself. He became. It's something that occurred. It's something that happened. It's real. It's not imaginary. It's not temporary. It's something powerfully. It's something that he took into union with himself that is forever I wish I could convey the astonishment that should overwhelm us when we think about this you know we would think that if God became man it would be something just to gawk at that he would just have it on display something that would not interact but the Bible says and the word became flesh and well among us God didn't tell Moses to suspend a tabernacle over the top of the people just to look at as if God was so distant from man he would never communicate with man the fact that Jesus is called the word means God communicates God communicates to us through Jesus Christ like Hebrews says we're not looking for great miracles and, and all these visions we're God now speaks to us through his son. But like that tabernacle came down, they built it. It sat on the ground. The priests walked into the tabernacle. The people were there with their sacrifices. In other words, it was useful. It was among the people. It was not like someone would would make a table just to display it in a museum. But it was some, the Lord Jesus was there to mingle with His people, to speak to His people, to love His people, to die for His people. How can I convey this? That Jesus is our salvation. That's the picture of the tabernacle dwelling among the people. God was saying, I'm in the midst of a sinful people, but I'm here to save them. And all the the activity of the people and the priests was all indicative of salvation. The altar, the labor, the bath, the the light, the table of showbread, the altar of incense, all of that conveyed salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ended up seeing what it all meant when Jesus was here on earth. And when he went to the cross, the salvation of God, the God man was not merely for display, though the appearance of him was the thrill of angels. Remember when they appeared and sang, the thrill of shepherds and the thrill of the magi to see God manifest in the flesh. What a privilege that was. Tells us in Exodus 40 Thou shalt set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. Set it up right in the midst of the people. It's where the people meet with God. And where we meet with God is in Jesus Christ. There's no other way to God but through Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And Here was Jesus raised in a literal town. He worked in a carpenter's shop. He attended the feasts in Jerusalem. He asked and answered questions in the temple. He ministered for three years. He came among His people to seek and to save that which was lost. He is the one who tabernacled among us. The tabernacle served the people picturing their sin and salvation. And Jesus was their sin offering. And He was their Savior. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I will call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. John said, and he was picturing all those offerings when he said as Jesus was coming to him to be baptized. Look, everyone. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the One who is pictured by all of those 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 animals and those birds all of the blood that was shed all of the priests that were offering those animals all of the furniture in the tabernacle and in the temple this is the fulfillment of all those pictures and as the tabernacle came down among the people to deal with their sin and to give them salvation through that picture so Jesus was the fulfillment of all that and He said to His people, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, there was one entrance into the tabernacle. You tried to climb up those walls, and no doubt you'd have been struck down with lightning from God. One entrance. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. The only thieves and robbers, He said, climb up another way. Jesus spoke to the people. He touched the people. He looked upon them with compassion. He loved them. He saved them. Like the leper who came to Him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And didn't Jesus didn't remain at a distance. What does it say? He touched him and said, Be thou clean. That's God tabernacling among men. Peter said, We were with Him in the Holy Mount. Remember the two on the road to Emmaus. They said, Did not our hearts burn within us when He spoke to us in the way? God was tabernacling among His people. That was God in a tent. And yet, He he keeps His tent forever. You know, Peter talked about his body being a tabernacle that he was going to put off any moment. You and I are going to get a tabernacle that's going to be permanent one day in the resurrection. This is just a tent. It's it's temporary now, but we're going to get a permanent tent. It's still going to be a tent. It's still going to be flesh, but it's going to be glorified flesh. And Jesus kept His flesh, and His flesh is glorified flesh as He sits at God's right hand. And then John says, We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten, or the the unique one of the Father, full of grace and truth. God only had one Son, and he gave him up for you and me. And John said, We beheld his glory. He didn't say, We beheld his humanity. Now he's saying, This one who took a human body and a human soul was God. We beheld his glory. What do you mean, John? Where did you where do you mean by that? He's no doubt referring to the Mount of Transfiguration. He's referring to the fact that he was seeing the evidence of his divinity when he was knowing the hearts of men and healing the, the, the sick and the lame and saving sinners. We beheld his glory. And Exodus tells us whom I will meet where I will meet with you there in the tabernacle and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory jesus sanctified his body by his glorious divinity he was not merely may i say this he was an ordinary man but his humanity was sanctified by his glory just like that tabernacle was just a tent just made of the materials of earth, but it was set apart by God's presence And Jesus' body, an ordinary body. He was, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary and born of her and yet without sin. But it was a real body and a reasonable soul and it was sanctified by His deity. It was God manifesting the flesh so you could look at His body and say, there's God. There's God. Can you imagine? There's God walking with me. There's God up there with the crowd around Him teaching. There's God crucified to a tree. There's God being carried to the tomb. There's God who's raised from the dead, who's ascended to heaven. This incarnation of God and salvation of God is to lead to our adoration of God. Interestingly, the furniture that was in the tabernacle is spelled out four different times. One piece at a time. Exodus 25-30 to Exodus 37, 39, and 40 Four times all the furniture is spelled out one at a time. What they were seeing there is obviously they had dark glass back then. But we can see it now. They were seeing Christ pictured in furniture. The doorway into the tabernacle. As as you went further into the tabernacle, you went further and further before you, you met with God's very presence in that Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. There was a curtain before it. And the high priest could only go in there once a year It talked about the, the awe the fear of God the, the awesome presence of God in order to fellowship with God you need holiness the doorway spoke of Christ when you first went in to the tabernacle through that door you were met immediately with an altar and there was always burning happening there was always smoke ascending Into heaven. They would always keep the sacrifices burning day after day after day. And so when we seek the Lord, we find Calvary immediately facing us. That Jesus died on the cross because we're sinners that deserve the burning of God's wrath forever and ever. Amazingly, when they took those sacrifices, they flayed them in pieces. And spread them out on the altar. So you could see the head, the pieces. They were all there. It speaks of the Lord, knowing the hearts of men. That were laid, if we're if we have not Christ, man will be exposed before God at judgment day and have no excuse for his life. It showed that God is absolutely cognizant of everything that goes on in the hearts of men. And yet Jesus was laid as it were before men and what what do we see when we see the insides of Jesus we see purity holiness undeserving of death and wrath and yet he laid down himself he laid down his life for us guilty sinners you were immediately met with the altar but once you find Christ as your savior who died for your sins Right after that, there was the bath, the labor, and washed. the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all our sin. Then they went into the holy place and it was lit up by the candlestick. The, the lamp on the left side lit the whole room and on, it, enough to shine that there was a table of bread. that now that we've been saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb, He's the bread of life. He feeds our souls. We grow in grace. We become more like Christ. And we get closer and closer to communion with God and there's an altar of incense that continues to burn. The whole place smells with the the sweet fragrance of the incense speaking of prayer. And we plead the blood of Christ. Father, we can enter the veil. The veil is a picture of Christ's body. You remember, the veil was ripped from top to bottom when Jesus died. And so we pray, O Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, may we plead with Thee. May we have communion with Thee. And the veil is opened. God's very presence is there for you and me to touch, as it were, to commune with. We have fellowship with God through the broken body of Jesus Christ. Those are all pictures of the Savior that were sufficient types until He came. And John said, here's the Lamb of God. When the veil was ripped from top to bottom, no more animal sacrifice. There's no need. No more human, merely human priests. Jesus is the prophet, the priest, and the king. The sacrifices are over. The blood has been shed. And Jesus has made atonement for our souls. Are you hungry? He's the bread of life. Believer, we have constant communion with Him. Are you thirsty? If any man thirsts, let him come unto Me and drink. Are we in need? He is the golden altar. He is the mediator between God and man. He's the One that brings us into the very presence of God. He's the One in the Holy of Holies. When the Bible says He ascended, He sat down in the right hand of God. And we can say by faith, we have beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's brought grace and truth to us in saving our souls. We can say now that we've been saved justly. We, re- we sing of mercy and judgment when we see God the Son taking flesh, tabernacling among us. And we see His, His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is God tabernacling among men, fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ.